together from the Spacebird Media Studios. It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Unlimited with Roxanne and Ace. So good to have you back with us. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I think I have found the trifecta of everything crazy in our lives is happening in the course of the next seven days between kids and rehearsals. I've got hockey games. Like there's stuff going on at church. I mean, we're doing concerts this weekend. Like it's all like... And then we found the exact opposite in June. We finally booked our beach trip. I'm totally excited because my butt with nothing but, you know, some jam shorts and <laughs> a little umbrella, just going to chill out. So I, I'm, I'm in busy weeks like this. I think about that week that's coming and I'll be fine. So we'll what make it beach, through. May I ask? We're going to South Carolina. So we're going to do oh. Hilton Head. So, yeah. Wonderful. I'm very excited. I haven't been to the beach. Gosh, I can't even remember when. That's like long enough to forget how it felt to have a sunburn. That's how long it's been. The water is very relaxing. Yes, as you mentioned, the world is alive. I mean, a lot going on all of a sudden. We had festivals to choose from last weekend, and then we're going over to the Renaissance Festival in Georgia this weekend. We love it, and I can't wait. It's going to be well, great. And- for those that don't know you, like this is like a full-on Comic-Con experience for you guys. Yes. We are dressed head to toe. We take it very seriously. <laughs> and <laughs> I love that. We're in character, and it's an escape, and people look at it like, oh, there's adults dressing up. Wow. But you get to the point in life where you just want to have fun, and you're not sure. worried what anybody thinks. And unless you've been, don't knock it. That's the other thing I say. Have you been right to a Renaissance festival? Don't knock it till you've done it. It's amazing. Yeah, anything that involves a turkey leg, I'm in. <laughs> I'll take it. We're glad to be back this week. Of course, we want to thank our sponsors, Birmingham Mortgage Group and My Brother's Cup. Lots to catch in, so we're going to dive right in. Yes, this week was just amazing when it came to the media. First, the news of Don Lemon, the anchor of 17 years at CNN, and then Tucker Carlson. Some shock about that because he was a big money maker and the biggest star, arguably, on Fox. He was released. Both of those things happening. The comics had fun with it. Seth Meyers said he thinks the new green M&M should be the host for Tucker, that that would be appropriate. And uh, then Jimmy Kimmel said, for those of you who are not familiar with cable news, this is like Ronald McDonald and the Burger King getting fired in the same day. Can you get (laughs) it? So. (laughs) Yeah, I love the jokes as people have said, well, maybe they'll partner up and do like a morning show somewhere. And it's like, you know, crazier things have happened. They would kill each other. But talk about a top-rated show. (laughs) Like, then everybody would come over here where we get along. You know, it's like all the fighting's (laughs) done. I'm going to go listen to Roxanne and Ace. They get along with each other. Just as long as Don doesn't say anything else about women and their prime. Just don't do it again. Yeah. And, you know, so to lift the radio veil, I oftentimes wonder how much of it is really their personality or they know if I'm a jerk— 
I'm going to get ratings because it's going to be the people who love to love me and then love to hate me. So I oftentimes you were more on the news talk side of things than I was. Is, is, is who they are, who they are? Sometimes and sometimes not. Okay. You know, people told me Bill O'Reilly was amazingly mean and horrible and that he screamed at people. I met him and had a 20-minute conversation. He was delightful and funny and warm. Sean Hannity is a little angel walking. I mean, mm. Sean Hannity was so kind and so nice and so complimentary of me. You know, I did a newscast in front of him, which was terrifying. Sure. <laughs> and he was so great. So... You know, I suppose some liberal folks would say that don't like their commentary would say, well, these are horrible human beings, you know, and, and then there's when I try to do news, they wanted me to be a screaming maniac management, mm -hmm. wanted me to be angry. My views tend toward more conservative. I think I'm a modest conservative now as I yeah. age, <laughs> but I, that wasn't my style. I liked to hear both sides, and they told me I was NPR and I was out of there, and they did hire somebody who screamed and yelled. Uh, but I'm a strong believer in our right to say what we truly believe, and we have to protect that, and we can't be one party wanting to annihilate anybody who doesn't disagree with us. And I think there's a little of that going on right now, where if someone has a platform, everybody else wants to knock them off of it. Yeah. And I do think that's wrong, especially when you and I are behind the microphone. We have the freedom to really say what we think. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, we're in, we're conditioned emotionally and even time wise where we're scrolling to find the content that either we really want to read about or hear about or someone else's opinion that either sets us off. And then we then have to use our platform to then express the opposite or come in agreement to go, hey, this is what I've been feeling, but I couldn't find the words you know, so you see people stitching and duetting, you know, all of these, you know, political views. I mean, I, the big one that I've seen this week, because he had a big conference, I think on Monday, Matthew McConaughey did like this big, like powerhouse, you know, rally for people and just a lot of positive reinforcements. And for those who know a little bit about of his background, if you read Greenlight, he's giving spiritual wisdoms without necessarily going Bible, 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 which I loved. Because as people start that journey of changing their thinking and seeing themselves and their self-worth, you know, God, that's the way he made us was to see ourselves through his eyes, which is unconditional love and, you know, grace and mercy and all those things. Uh, but anytime we can find those viewpoints that we, you know, they're like, yes, thank you. And so, you know, let's champion those so that if if the, the big names are being silenced and there's more room for positive thinking. Well, and he was doing a Live Your Best Life seminar. I was signed up for it, but it's my ministry in the streets was happening at the same time, so I couldn't do that. Maybe he'll do another one, Tony Robbins style. He did appear during that conference mm -hmm. sharing his feelings, and he is a very goal-oriented, very directed person. He talked about how he and his wife, after the school shooting in Texas, went in and got counseling for families and were with families and were walking beside them in the pain. And I, I do believe someone like that, that doesn't have to spend a minute giving back, but wants to, yeah, is really remarkable. And you're right. We need more of that in the world.
We also need to realize that God is listening. I think sometimes we see the mess going on in the world and we think, oh my goodness, I pray and I pray and I wonder if anything's going to change. So what do we do? We look to Job and you want to talk about bad days. His oxen, his donkeys are killed. Lightning strikes your sheep. That had to be scary. Then your camels are stolen. Your servants are in trouble. A wind comes and kills your sons and daughters. What does Job do? This is before he gets sick. He worships God. Mm-hmm. Well, and it changes your frame of mind. I, I've I've experienced like in the last year or so, changing from Lord, will you please to a thank you for what you're doing? Because even if it's a struggle time, thank you for giving me the opportunity. So I get to go to work or I get to, you know, spend time doing X. But even if there are those struggles with it, it's a blessing from God. Well, and that's exactly the point. I think you're right, Ace. James writes, we count those blessed who have persevered. So what's he doing in that? He is focusing on the blessing because out of suffering often comes our best lessons. It's the way we grow close to Christ. Mm. We're told if you love Christ, pick up your cross, you're going to suffer with him. But on the other end of it, we realize we have victory. We have victory now in this life because we're with Christ and there is suffering in this world. It's Satan's world. But we know that we have victory in Christ here and definitely the reward of the everlasting. And Mm. he is listening. You know, God showed up. He said, I I hear you. I'm listening. I hear every word. God never leaves us. And so sometimes when you're praying and you feel like there's no answer, you feel like there's a wall or you feel like there's, you can't get through. He is listening. He Mm. loves you. And I think too, we touched a little bit on this last week of the difference in percentage of how much understanding God's word or his actions versus just trusting him. But think about on the parts of God's word and his actions that we do understand that are comprehensible by any and all people. If we can just acknowledge that, which I think that's another part of it, acknowledge the things that God has done in your life. So then, you know, you can trust him in the things that don't make sense because why God, why, you know, I mean, I don't have time for why's and what ifs. So it's just like, okay, God, uh, I, this is inconveniencing me and I'm trying to keep my cool. So let's just, can we get through this as quickly as possible? So that I only have to learn the lesson once. Or tell him I'm scared. God, I'm mm-hmm. hurting. God, how do you want me to receive this? Mm-hmm. What am I to learn from it? How do I grow? And sometimes you hurt so much. All you can get out of your mouth is Jesus. You know, a lot of folks don't like Joel Osteen and don't get me started. But Joel was headed toward an 18-wheeler, and he knew he was going to die. It was head on. And all he could get out of his mouth was Jesus. And the 18-wheeler said it was like a wind picked up Joel's car, took it out into the air and over to the side that fast. He said, it was a miracle. I saw it. I knew I was going to hit this man, and I knew it was going to be over. And all Joel could say was, when, you, when, you, when it's fast or if you don't know what to do or you're hurting so much, just say, Jesus. Mm, I love that. So it good. still gives me chills yeah. to hear about that. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I know someone who thinks on that same brainwave is Turin at Birmingham Mortgage Group. He wants to help you make any kind of sense of your mortgage and your needs and to know what you qualify for. So before you even walk into an open house or that dream home that you've driven by for a year and you're like, oh, baby, if if only, if only. Well, the if onlys is what Birmingham Mortgage Group is great at. Well, I checked in with Turin this week, and he's such a lovely person, a man of God. He wanted to get a hold of Michael French, and that was a fun connection. And and I went to the website and just thought, what are people saying about Birmingham Mortgage Group? And it's five out of five stars. So many reviews. I had to stop reading with people saying, my life has changed. Mm -hmm. Because it's scary when an interest rate's high, when you don't know what to do, when I mean, Trent's told somebody, stay still right now. He really is godly. He really is kind, but he's super smart, and he's going to help you to save significant money. We love Birmingham Mortgage Group, so behammortgage.com, 205-259-1656. They'll make you smile. Tell them you heard about it on Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Now, before we begin any new habits in our lives, we have to talk about what kinds of crazy habits can we create based on people who are doing these things and are successful. This is the Ace McKay list. <laughs> I was reading this. I'm like, well, Ace I'm already glad does you all think these so. things. Well, you do all these things. They enjoy waking up early. I right. mean, that's Ace. Ace gets I up before anyone. I will say when the alarm went off this morning at five, I, my body did go, ugh. <laughs> but, you know, I still got up anyway. Successful people like leisure activities that help them to relax. When you told the story of being in your PJs and kind of watching TV half the day one day, you know, you like to relax. They don't mm -hmm. overbook their schedule. Hmm, that may be the only one that... <laughs> I will say this. I work hard and I play hard. So there's like a little margin in there. And the one thing my wife and I have said and we've stuck to is when we have the busy weekend, if the next weekend is nothing or there's a window, we don't try to fill it with something just because. That's so good. They don't pack all their chores into the weekend. This is where I think you learned something from me. Mm -hmm. Because I told you one day, why would you want to do all that on your weekend? Why don't you just pick a day during the week and get all your things done? Yeah. Just clean. Just do it then. Well, and when you and I were having to get up in the middle of the night, it was nicer because I could <laughs> clean it while the kids were still at school. But uh, now they get home before <laughs> I do. So it's kind of like playing catch up because anything I cleaned that morning, it's already dirty by the time I got home. And they were only home 15 minutes before me. Like, it's like Tasmanian devil. Remember those cartoons? Well, I don't know. And he would come through and just barrel, you know, everything and demolish it. Well, and I remember your chore list and, and I do remember well struggling with my daughter. Her bed had to be made every day. No exception. She thought that was the most horrible thing ever, but they grow up and they go, mom, I can't believe when people don't make their bed. Yeah. I just I just quietly close the door after they've gotten on the bus, out of sight, out of mind. And then on Saturday, then that's when I make them do their chores. Do you need some motivation to take a walk? The British Journal of Sports Medicine did 196 studies and found that a brisk walk, and brisk is not la la la, you know, like grandpa driving on Sunday. It is 
11 minutes a day where you get your heart pumping, you're working a little bit, but that's only 11 minutes a day. What happens when you do that? You significantly reduce your chances of heart disease and cancer. Hello, we can all do it. See, and I like this too, because the power walk is about the only thing that I think my body's letting me do in my fifties. Anytime I try to lift <laughs> weights or do something super intense, beach body, something, <laughs> my body goes, uh-uh, you can't do that no more. So a walk or a bike ride, like that's the limit for me. But, but Ace, this study says it helps you with your knee pain. It helps you with back pain. If you have arthritis, walking helps with that. So if you get nothing else out of this podcast, take a walk and right. don't go real slow. Just put a little pep in your step. <laughs> I just envision me with a fedora walking like uh, Billy Crystal and when Harry met Sally, where they're just <laughs> like, that's, that's going to be me. I think I just saw Ace. There he went. <laughs> So you mentioned going to the beach. A lot of people go to the mountains around this time of year. And mm -hmm. there was an interesting article on how to fight a bear. Now we're talk not talking about grizzlies. We are talking because when we went west, we got bear spray. And that's what you do with mm. the grizzly. But I'm talking black bears, how you fight them. And it just reminded me of my dad, my brother, my sister, my mom all piled in the car to go to Gatlinburg and we had corned beef. I guess, you know, back then we ate corned beef sandwiches. Right. My dad had them in the trunk. Here comes mama bear and my dad's outside the car flinging the corned beef. Come and get it. Oh, oh no. The bear is on top of the car. We're in the car screaming. It's a, a not fun scream. No. We're screaming like death will is going to happen. Oh my goodness. That's like a Griswold family Christmas, but not funny. Like, <laughs> so now I see them and I've been to the mountains numerous times. I see them and there's a part of me that's like, oh, oh, it's going to head this way. Here's the thing that you do. They like meat and they like it raw. So keep that in mind. You might look surprisingly like lunch. So here's the thing. You have to look big to them. Mm. You don't just, yeah, running is something you need to do eventually. But at first you go, ah, you throw your, sorry right, for everybody so in the arms. car that okay. just ran off the road. You throw your arms up and make a really loud, obnoxious noise and let them know how big you are. Most of the time they're like, I'm not, mm -mm, I'm not going to, that's too hard. I'm not going to go and jump on her. So <laughs> I can be obnoxious. I'm that's given. <laughs> I'm glad because I always thought you were supposed to play dead. I thought that was how you got away from the bear is to play like you were out. Not according to askmen.com that has numerous things on how to fight different battles, how to connect with women, and how to survive a bear. So right. they say if you've got a boom box, crank it. And so okay. they, because that will scare a bear away. Now, if you have to flee the bear, if it's looking like the bears just ain't so afraid of you making a weird noise and putting your arms in the air, yeah. then what you do, you do have to run. Here's the thing. You don't run straight. You run crisscross and you're supposed to go up if you can a steep place. So the bears like, eh, 
That's a steep incline, too much work. Now, when people have done this in the past, do you know what the bears have done? They go up the incline, the person's looking down, and the bear just waits. Can you imagine that? Uh. The bear just sits and like, okay, when you're done, I'll be down waiting for my snack. Well, if there's truth to the boombox, which, yes, please, let's bring back the days of the boombox. But... (laughs) I'm a, that's why I like, you know, listening to metal music, like put some Metallica, you know, like recreate that scene from Stranger Things, get up on top of your car and, you know, and just, you know, dun, 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 just let it happen. ACDC make you run for the hills, little Def <laughs> Leopard. <laughs> run to the hills, that's Iron Maiden, but it's still a pro, it's still a <laughs> so the, the bear won't know what happened. He's just like, hey, this is a great playlist. Let's hang out and have some corned beef <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now that we know the gestures of how to get rid of the bears, I want to run since you are the spokesmodel for all women on this show. <laughs> what are the gestures that women love? And I love this list because the hello and goodbye kisses, something Tawny and I really try is, I mean, th- is it the same for you? Like that's a don't leave without kissing me and telling so me goodbye. Sweet and being sweet, cuddling. Oh. You know, and that, that doesn't mean cuddle to lead to something. It means right. cuddle for cuddle's sake, please. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, not that we're not in the mood, but just keep that in mind. But you can't uh, cuddle on Saturday and you didn't do anything else all week. I I, I want to point, you know, like you got to cuddle a little every night, uh, you know. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like a crock pot, right? Smart. Just yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little cuddle when you're not in a hurry. Oh, that's that's really good. A slow hand. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. Wasn't that a Conway Twitty song? Yeah. Um, Who was it? Or maybe he did the woman version and then someone else did the man. That would sound weird. I want a lover with an easy touch. Oh, I need to fan myself. (laughs) You look nice today. I think Wayne told me 452 times, oh, you look so pretty. You're so pretty. I think, oh, and this, he told me today, I think you've lost weight. Well, that just, mm, mm. <laughs> That's better than Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes, flowers are always good. Some women say, don't get me that. Get me something mm-hmm. that lives. But I still love a, a posy. Sure. Letting her sleep. This yes. reminded me of you. Doesn't Tawny love it when you let her sleep? Oh, absolutely. She she is the sleeper. Like, she's slow to wake up in the morning. Like, she's like four and five and six alarms. And I'm like, you know, first one up and out. But like on Sundays, I know, like, even if I'm not home, I know based on what time it is of day, she's out. So if I've messaged her, I I know it's going to be an hour or longer before I hear back from her. So it's, it, it's keen to know all of the, like, to understand what your spouse needs on both sides. So she knows that if I've fallen asleep in my chair, I'm done for the day. Like that's, <laughs> but if I get up from the recliner, which is not that far from her, and come and sit beside her for cuddles, she knows that I'm also, as a physical touch guy, I need that time as well. So, Well, I don't know if you saw my T-shirt, but it says, I don't know if you can see. Oh, feed me tacos and, and tell, tell me, me I'm, I'm pretty. pretty. Yeah, see, that's it. That's, that's the whole list right Mexican there. Food. When he tells me I'm pretty, and I thought the t-shirt was super funny. And so being appreciative of what your spouse does and telling them, oh, thank you mm. that you did that. Yeah. It it goes, that's for, 
for man or woman, really. Yeah, absolutely. And if all else fails, bring them a cup of the Roxanne blend of coffee. <laughs> thanks to my brother's cup, because it's not only for a good cause, but it's also really yummy. Yes, it sends missionaries around the world. They they say, oh, coffee businessman or woman, come right in. You, you, you're you marketing this coffee, and then it's all about, yes, getting people to Jesus mm. in dangerous places, too. Some of the places they go, I'm like, Ugh, Burma? You're going to Burma? Okay. It's really a wonderful coffee, and they're very efficient in how they package it. It smells marvelous. It tastes even better. The Roxanne Blend, mybrotherscup.com. Unlimited with Roxanne and Ace Wonderful to have you with us. We are so excited about this next segment. This man, his life is amazing. It needs to be one of his movies, his life story, serving our country in Iraq, falling deeply in love with the word of God, and then having a mission to come back, go to college and learn how to make short films and then produce a remarkable feature film when when tomato meter has 83 percent for a christian film it's fairly mm -hmm. miraculous uh, yeah. people absolutely loved it a 97 percent score for the audience uh, some friends of mine came out of the theater and said oh my goodness drop whatever you're doing and see his only son so we're thrilled to have director writer and producer david helling with us hi there Hello, hello. Thank y'all for having me. So, David, what was it that motivated, what was a part of your faith that said, yeah, I want to tell story through film? Well, yeah, it, uh, it was whenever I was a Marine in Iraq and in uh, in one of Saddam Hussein's old missile bunkers in Al-Ambar province, which Al-Ambar Al province is right on the edge of, uh, of ancient Babylon, the uh, eastern side of it really uh, – edges toward where the the boundaries of ancient Babylon would have been and uh, and it was there that the Lord really got a hold of my heart drew me to his word and his word and gospel came alive to me there and from that moment on I could see it no longer as text on a page but as as real people living their lives in God's redemptive plan in history mm. uh, and I wanted to show people that these are real people, like show others that were like me, that that didn't read the Bible, that n that never cracked it open, and didn't have a desire to be in it, to illustrate uh, these accounts of what God was doing in the very real lives of these people who had real problems just like us and had real anxieties and, and, and dark valleys of their life, but the Lord was working through it all, and he was working that scarlet thread of redemption uh, that led up to Christ, and it leads to us today through the Great Commission. And to show that to people, I thought if I can if I can illustrate this for people through film, then people who don't read the word would see the word enacted on screen mm. and then they would be driven by God's grace to go and crack the word open for themselves and have their eyes open to the truth of the gospel, Lord willing. When you had this experience, you've, you've got your Bible and you say you're falling in love with it. Did you hear the audible voice of God? Did you did you feel that still small voice? Where did you become clear that you're going to be a filmmaker and tell stories of a very real God? Well, I guess it's just a it's just a strong conviction of um, you know I, I I don't I didn't and I don't hear an audible voice. Uh, loud or whispery, as uh, as in Elisha in the cave uh, or outside of the cave when he heard the 
still small voice. Um, it is a it is a God speaks through His Word through the through the uh, the sixty six books of the Bible, um, and uh, and so in reading His Word, then it just and seeing it like because reading is actually very difficult for me, and it still is. Like it's hard. I'm a slow reader. I have to reread things over and over again for it to stick. But the Word wasn't like that. It was like I could. It, it was alive. I mean, and it is alive. We know it's alive. But to the 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 strong conviction of I want to tell others about this. And then I thought, wait a minute, if I'm seeing it like this, what if I just illustrate how I'm seeing it played out? Then mm. then the Lord could use that um, and for the sake of the gospel. And, and so that's what, you know, after coming back from Iraq and praying about it alongside my wife and the Lord just opening up every door and we'd be praying for an open door and to that all the other wrong doors would be closed, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and the Lord just kept, um, opening one door after another. And, uh, and then as I drew closer to the Lord and you can see that progressive sanctification, that is a lifelong process of, you know, him constantly pruning away my own flesh, um, and my own desires and seeing, uh, it, it all the more clear of what I need to be doing. Um, and not only just because it's not it's not just making films, right? It, as, as believers, we're called to make disciples. And, and me making films isn't making disciples. Me making disciples is being active in the local church and and being under the authority of of the, the of the of the system that the Lord's put in place, um, and uh, and serving the body in that way as well. Um, so, but but yeah, the 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 um, Mike, it was yeah, more of a conviction, should I say, just to cut to the chase, uh, than <laughs> than uh, it being a, an audible voice. David, how difficult is it? Because I know with Hollywood, you know, there's those creative liberties. Let's take a story from the Bible and we'll change these parts. So it's more theatrical and, you know, we can have a great score and we'll call John Williams and he'll do the music <laughs> and you know, whatever, like well, how difficult hey. <laughs> to, is it to stay accurate? Like, is it, and not to say that you would ever deviate from how the story really played out, but is there that tug from people who are saying, yes, make this movie to change it so that it's more friendly Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's on all fronts. Uh, you know, from the script stage, from the edit stage. Well, what if we, you know, if we just drop this part, if we just drop this, you know, how many times have I had it suggested to me by different people in the industry? Uh, have you guys seen the movie yet, or no? Or I don't want to. I'm not, not going to get yet. spoilers away. No. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, there's it. That when you do see it, there's an ending scene, and it's like, okay, well. If this ending scene was just taken off, then it would be a lot more acceptable to, and you could get it out to a lot more audiences in this place, this place, and this place. And it's like, uh, no, we're not going to, we're not going to be ashamed of the gospel. We're going to put this out, and the Lord's going to do with it what He wants to do with it. Um, but, but you know, I, I've, I've, I've encountered that all the years of these last this decade and a half since my time in Iraq that that I've I've encountered. You know, the hey, you know, it could be a lot more acceptable and you get your message out to a lot more people if you just did it like this way. Um, but if we're going to. If we're going to take like anytime you're doing a biblical film, even if I were just sticking verse by verse and and the only words were actual words from Scripture, you're still taking creative liberties. Any pastor who 
takes us uh, takes a, a section of scripture and brings it out to makes an hour long sermon out of it. He's bringing what if scenarios and saying, you know, what could have been happening here is Abraham. You know, he's living at a time that this was going on and this is and Sarah probably was going through this. And, you know, you set the stage in the context of what of what scripture is actually saying there. So you do the same in a film, um, but you cannot change scripture that's non-negotiable as the scripture is the bones um of the whole body of the film and you can't stick the bones out of joint but the flesh that you put onto the bones the that 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 you are building the world around it that is what you pray through of like okay how am i going to how am i going to illustrate this without it deviating from what we see in scripture so you use other parts of scripture to feed into that prayerfully going into and seeing okay what is this section of scripture pointing to throughout the whole counsel of god what is other points of scripture the pointing to like where in else in scripture is it pointing to this account and how can i build that account and then also what do we see in history and the archaeological record the anthropological record um, of of what was going on in the region at the time that you can build uh, an accurate portrayal of of the events of scripture and then you can get into you know Jewish uh, tradition uh, or or even some Islamic tradition as well because that's all there are derived from the Arab people of the time so as long as it's not it, now if something is is being stated in in tradition that contradicts scripture then you got to throw it out um, so you use all these things prayerfully to build that picture. And if and, and then once the script, the script itself is set, then you put it out in front of like minded, uh, doctrinally sound brothers and sisters in the Lord that can then check you on it. Right. Um, that's, you know, a little insight into my method. You mentioned growing along the way. And I hear that in some of your very first films, there were some real budget issues and that you actually were sewing costumes. Is that <laughs> well, true? Hey, I, <laughs> I, I taught myself how to sew costumes uh, while I was in film school so that I could do these films for as little, you know, just out of my own pocket money. And I also taught myself how to do visual effects and making miniatures and all that. All those things I brought with me to his only son. So most of the costumes you see on screen, I sewed myself. I, I went and got the fabric from, from the fabric store from uh, uh, Joanne's and, and, and took the coupons over there, took the fabric, cut the fabric, uh, uh, sewed the fabric, dyed it, you know, and, and, and all the whole, the whole thing. Uh, I think there was over a hundred different costume pieces in his only son. There's a couple of like armor pieces and stuff that we had to rent just for time's sake. Um, but, uh, for, for the most part, yeah, sewed all the costumes. There's over 325 visual effects shots in the film that I had to work on, uh, for the years following us actually being in production, uh, due to budgetary constraints. So, cause this was a very, very, very low budget film. Um, and, uh, and there was a lot put into it to make it look not low budget, <laughs> a lot of free labor. So as you, of course, ha are pouring your passion into this, you're trying to bring God's word alive. What did you personally learn about God or even learn about Abraham as you went through and got to the end of it, maybe even saw the finished product. And then there was something about this story that made your faith even deeper. Yeah, well, I mean, and it's still deepening and I'm still living it and I'm still learning it because this has been the five and a half hardest years of my life. I've been working on this film for five and a half years and it's been the the darkest, deepest valleys um, where you have to rely fully on what you know 
about the Lord, um, where you go through moments where you don't even feel the Lord, you feel like your prayers aren't even being heard, but you just keep walking forward, going on what you know, and all you can hang on to is what God's word st- what God's word says, um, and to see that that's Abraham's walk of faith. That's what we we see in the testimony of his life that he had to obey, and all he had to go forward in obedience on was the word of God, what's, was what God said. And we do the same thing in our own walk. When in our deepest and darkest valleys, or even in our best moments, we walk by faith of holding on to what we know of God and what he said in his word. Um, so really, our faith is no different than Abraham's faith. One, we know it's no different than Abraham's faith. It's the same faith, and it's a given faith. It's a graciously given faith from the Lord. That's how our, our eyes are opened, by, by his grace alone. Um, but to, to see that, oh, even in Abraham's darkest valleys, the Lord had a purpose in it. The Lord had a plan in it. And the Lord was very active and present in it, even if Abraham didn't realize it at the time. Um, the same can be said for our deep, dark valleys. We can hold on to the fact that he's working all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose so that those who are in Christ, right, those who are who are his, he's working everything out for, for our good. And so we can walk forward knowing that. Um, I think another thing actually is so profound. I actually came to this thought um, just like last week, and I was telling another brother about this last night, um, uh, th- that to think about God's plan in our menial obedience, our day-to-day obedience in the Lord, we never know the ripple effects that that's going to have in redemptive history and as the Lord builds his kingdom. And to know that Abraham is alive today with the Lord in paradise. We see that even in the New Testament with the rich man and Lazarus, and and Lazarus goes into Abraham's bosom, which is synonymous with heaven, Um, and Abraham is talking to the rich man across the chasm from paradise. Um, And and to know that Abraham, he died 4,000 years ago, but he's more alive today than, than we are. And to think that there are for sure people around the world that are seeing his only son that by God's grace are having their eyes open to the truth of the gospel that will then enter into eternity and go to Abraham and and tell him your testimony of your life and your obedience in the hard trial is what opened my eyes to the gospel. I mean, can you imagine that? That here Abraham's been dead for 4,000 years, but the testimony of his life is still the Lord's still using to bring people to him. And think, think about that in our own lives of what our menial, what we think is just like, oh, nobody's even looking at this, this, this faith walk that I'm on right now and having to obey the Lord in the darkest night. You, you have no idea how to what extent the Lord can use that. Um, and it's just amazing to think about um, God's gracious hand in all of that. David, the response to this film has been incredibly positive. How has that been for you sitting in a theater and thinking, look, people are loving my movie? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's it, you're slapped in the face with the fact that <laughs> it's not my movie. You know, it's not my movie. It's the Lord's movie. And to see because it was so hard to get it out into the world and to see. Through every opposition and every trial and obstacle, the Lord still had it come out. And not only have it come out, but be number three in the box office, this little 
less than $250,000 film up against these $100 million films, number three in the box office. And and it, it, it makes you I, – I have felt like, one, it's been oddly – flavorless in the sense of like you know as far as a celebration that you would think like you think on on the other side of it you imagine as a filmmaker all your life you know like oh wow you know to have a film be at the one of the top ones in the box office like that would be amazing and then when it happens you're like eh. like it, it's 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 very odd because and you and you sit back at least what i've been going through is is a different experience than i ever expected and i can sit back and i just feel like i'm in awe because uh, I've said it before that it, it it feels like I'm walking through the depths of the Red Sea and I'm seeing it walled up on both sides and I'm just my mouth's hanging open like I don't know how this is happening but I know it has <laughs> nothing to do with me. This is the Lord and I just need to keep on walking forward. Um and uh and and so yeah that's what it's 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 been like and it it's on the other hand it's been actually oddly and unexpectedly somber because it's been such a long, hard journey to get this out. I've spent so much time with this film that now it's out and I'm done with it. It's like, oh, you know, um, but I am excited <laughs> to get started on the next one. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Very true. Well, it's called His Only Son. If you can't catch it in theaters, wait for it to stream and then make sure you have Bible study and have everybody over. David, how can people stay in touch with you and find out what projects are coming? Yeah, well, I mean, it, my name is David Helling, D-A-V-I-D-H-E-L-L-I-N-G, and uh, you can just Google my name, find me on social media platforms, um, and uh, and yeah, and 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 obviously keep uh, this film, continue to keep this film in prayer uh, that the Lord would use it to bring many people to His Word and ultimately in saving faith in uh, in in His gospel. Um, yeah, so that's what I'd say. David, God bless you. Thank you for your talent and for being a vehicle for our Lord's purpose and for being amazingly smart and fun and and just totally humble. Uh, we so appreciate oh, thank you, you making Martini. time for us. Thank you all for having me and, and making time for me. And if you spill a little while doing your laundry, we're going to help you to do your laundry better because apparently... We're, we're going about it all wrong. A lot of people have these newfangled washer and dryers, the fanciest ones. Mm -hmm. And guess what you're doing? You're putting the wrong detergent in it. You have to get the kind that is designed. If your washer has an HE symbol on it and you're using regular detergent, there are too many suds. And it leaves your clothes with a film. Hello, I didn't know that. I don't know if my washer has an HE right. on it. Well, and like the 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 cup that comes if you use the liquid, if you're not using the pods, it tells you fill up to this level. Well, I mean, you're also finding out that you only need like a third of that because otherwise, again, it's over sudsing and not doing its job. Well, and it says chlorine bleach is too harsh. Don't use it. What? What? I like, I like white. And I yeah. like bleach in there. That's just me. But they say it's too harsh. Well, maybe I'm too harsh. I, I really want white. Now, this I agree. They say people dry the snot out of their clothes to the point where you could. I did the mm. one time Wayne did laundry something precious to me. It came out, and it was it, was it could this fit. Big. It was Barbie size. And it reminded me <laughs> of college. 
And maybe <clears throat> you're, because you know how to do everything, it probably doesn't apply to you, but every guy I dated or talked to when they first got to college, all their underwear would be pink because they would wash something with colors with their underwear and they'd mm -hmm. be so upset. Or one guy said, I don't do laundry. I just buy new underwear. <laughs> I just stopped wearing white. <laughs> it just made it easy. Like, woohoo. All colors. There you, you did. Go. You just put, you just wore black stuff over and over again. Well, it's not black, but colors is colors, right? Like, I don't have like a red pile, blue pile, yellow pile, which I don't have anything yellow, but I yeah. mean, I, everything's colors. Like, I don't, I think the only white shirt, yeah, the only white shirt that I even own is my meatloaf, bat out of hell shirt. And that's it. It looks like a baseball tee and it's white. That's it. You don't wash it with every with all your colors. Well, I mean, it does have like the sleeves are colored and it has the logo. So oh. I do just kind of throw. Usually, that's in with like the sheets and the towels and stuff. I don't have to worry about that. But again, it's one shirt out of a plethora of t-shirts or dress shirts. I try to simplify my life as I get older because I really don't have time to do laundry. <laughs> Don't overpack it. That's common sense, but still most people do. Yep. How can it get clean if it doesn't even get any soap or any water around it because it's so packed because you right. just want to get it done? It's true. And then pass that on to your children so that they don't mess up your washer. Because <laughs> that happens. <sighs> my mother did my brother's laundry until he was no. 31. No. Yes. Oh, that is heartbreaking. That was something that was not afforded to the girls. No, no. I mean, so with my <laughs> older daughters who are now adults, they understand the appreciative of doing their own laundry and not mixing it with other people in the house. And I've tried to pass that on to Ryan and Mia. What ends up happening is they clean the room. They take the basket full of clothes down to the basement and then they leave the clothes in the basement and there's four or five baskets of their clothes, which I didn't even know they had that many. And then they have nothing to wear. Well, where's your clothes? Who knew? And then you go downstairs and there's all the dirty clothes. Wait, out of sight, out of mind. So I. They won't wash themselves. That's right. And I don't add chores to my list because I got enough to do. So just. I do get all to it. that and I love it. I'm super picky. Yes. And I like to iron everything. I even iron a lot of Wayne's t shirts. I don't like a t shirt to look wrinkly. Right. So I'm kind of a nerd about it. Yeah. You don't need to look 11 when you're, you know, not. So <laughs> thanks for hanging out, spending time with us. We uh, try to pack as much as we can into one show. But in the meantime, we will see you again next Friday. Remember to subscribe, like us, and follow so you don't miss future episodes. Have a great weekend, Roxanne. I love you. I love you, too. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneAndAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.